Hello and welcome to the Cricket Yorkshire podcast. So in this episode, I'm discussing the new code of laws of cricket with ECB Premier League umpire Jonathan Corcoran. Chief among those changes is a new law governing players' conduct. So the question is, how will umpires and players adapt? I've come uh, well, I started umpiring in the Airdale and Wharfdale League. Uh, obviously, my club, Nairsbury Cricket Club, we, we moved from the Airdale and Wharfdale League um, into the York League, and, um, and as such, I went with them. You know, and, um, I have to say it's been a very, very good move for me. Right, okay. Um, in terms of, uh, I guess, we'll, we'll go on to yeah, different roles that you've got, as you, as you said yeah. before we started this. Uh, interview you're involved with cricket development and what have you but if we stick with umpiring for for a start um sure. what do you think uh, as a snapshot of this season co- coming into it are the the biggest challenges for the grassroots game um I, oh, i'm obviously aware to, as a side issue there's new rule changes which as an umpire i imagine is involving a, a bit of training and a bit of getting your head around yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of sessions taking place around the county where the, the, the new laws are being um, explained, and um, some leagues have got different interpretations than others. Uh, okay. Certainly on the uh, non-bouncing ball, that's the that's the main one. Uh, you know, if we, for example, the Nidderdale League uh, uh, going back to the old one, they're allowing two bounces, um, whereas the laws of cricket say it's one bounce. So that, that that's one of the changes this year um, that's just been brought in. Uh, and of course, there's quite a few others. That I think the discipline one's going to be. I think the biggest key for me this year will be, will be the interpretation of the new discipline yeah. uh, code that has been brought out and how it gets applied, you know, from one game to another. And I think that's a challenge that, that all the officials have got as a result of this this change. And I think the interpretation by captains on on how it's interpreted each week, week in, week out. Well, we had this last week, comes, you know, and this happened and, and what have you. I mean, for me personally, it goes back to the umpires should be seen and not heard. They're there to count the balls. They're there to make sure the game flows. You know, and, and yeah. if there's a discipline issue, they have to be able to stand in with, with, with authority and confidence to be able to deal with it. And I think that once anything's new, it's, it's, it can be challenged, but it's... Um, it's suck it and see it for everybody. Um, and, and I do particularly like the um, email that the ECB have sent out with the um, with a video explaining the, the change of the loss for players and it's been done for the players. And it'd be interesting to see just how many players actually look at that, that video yeah. and how many know about it. Yeah. I, from your experience umpiring last year then, um, because the, the change to the law really was after lots of research and input from all sorts yeah. of parties and stakeholders through to the MCC that obviously led to the law changes but just locally to you and uh, how you umpired last season did you notice a particular issue with discipline? I only had one game where discipline was an issue it was dealt with um, it wasn't a serious a serious offence it was um, contained on the pitch and dealt with after by the umpires and the captains Okay. Um, and, and really I mean I guess the York League's not famous for discipline. It, it, it seems to be a, a good place to to play cricket. The, the discipline issues are, um, are not as they are in other leagues. And certainly my own club, Nairsborough, I mean, indicative there. Uh, we, we finished bottom of the Fair Play Trophy last year and didn't get promoted. Um, so it's, for me, that's, we've moved leagues. Um, and that was interesting in the first year that we finished bottom of the fair play, something we need to look at within our club. 
why has that happened? Is, yeah. is it us? Is it you know what we're used to, or do we need to change? You know, we challenged our captains as such. Yeah, I, I, that's a, a really interesting. Well, lots of interesting points you make, but. Uh, I think going back to the idea of interpretation as well, both from the players' point of view and the umpires, as to with this new set of rules, how yeah. each individual umpire chooses to react uh, and either to ignore comments or you know respond quite robustly to them, um, and the same yeah. with, with with players. Presumably, the the input and the emphasis has to be on the captains to take responsibility themselves but also just to infuse that sense of kind of like let's just calm down and get on with it yeah I think I mean I've always been a big believer having been a club captain for you know 11 or 12 years that the, the captains have the gift of the spirit of cricket um, it, it, it is it's published that it's, it's their responsibility we keep telling them it's their responsibility and in, and in my in my eyes the captain does hold that gift of the spirit of cricket it's you know quite often he can't speak for the other ten people in his team, but he is he is the um, he's a ringleader of it all, and, and it'd be nice for for captains to come up and say, "No, Williams, I've got this." You know, yeah. rarely do you hear that. Um, you know, some some clubs are better than others. You know, and it, it's for me when you're umpiring, it's all about the, the pre-game talk. It's all about getting the you know setting the goals out, setting the and the scene really for the for what's going to happen for the rest of the day. Yeah. And um, I'm a big believer in t- telling the captains that the umpires are there to count the balls, and we're here to watch a good game from the best seat in the house. You know, <laughs> yeah. and, and we'll only we'll only join in if we need to. Yeah. You know, as simple as that, really. No, that's that's fair enough, and um, is a good philosophy to have. In fairness. Um, I wanted to just briefly talk about recruitment in, uh, for umpiring. Now, you see this in terms of every aspect of grassroots cricket. You know, teams struggling sometimes to get teams and enough players on the pitch, um, scorers, umpires, and everything else. But I've certainly noticed certain leagues and those with a big remit and a big reach, and normally a lot of people involved are struggling with umpire recruitment. Um, yeah. What's your take on that? Is it is it that it, people don't want to commit to training and doing it anymore? Is it somehow less appealing or what? Well, my, my recent experience, and, and, and again, going back to my own club, Nairsville, we've just had a, a guy um, just gone through his, his level one training because he's, he's reached a point where he's, he's he's not sure whether he's going to play every game and he wanted to give something back. And You know, I guess he, in many respects, he's, he's, he's one of the few, but for him, the, the choice of training was quite you know incredible. He, he could have gone all over the county and done it and he sat down and said, well, you know, it's just basically down to my preference where I go. So I think the actual provision of training and everything is there. Yeah. Um, I think the leagues need to try and do a little bit more to make umpiring more attractive. I'm, I'm not quite sure how they're going to do it, I'll be honest. But when, for example, each each member club of a league, I would suggest, needs to try and provide a panel umpire. Right, Okay. In, in the York Senior League, they have it where the, 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 from divisions uh, two down, you have your own club umpire comes and umpires your game. So you've got one person in your club that comes and does it. So I guess that in a way, the, the clubs are providing their own umpires. They have to do in that situation. You have the, the other leagues, such as the Air Wharf, where they try and get neutral umpires to every single game in every division. And they need somewhere in the region of 80-plus 
umpires every weekend. Is that realistic? Is, is that why they're struggling? Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, at the end of the day, the money is very similar whichever league you go to. Most umpires are not in it for money, although it does help. Um, you know, it's it's a difficult one, and I think going forward, we need umpires. And I, I, for me, the leagues and, the, and I think the ACB, the ECB, ACO, they're, they're doing as much as they possibly can at the moment to try and recruit. It comes down through the county boards. It gets dis- it gets um, sent out to clubs and leagues and through development groups and stuff like that. And, and I guess really. Everybody knows that they need them, but it's actually finding them. It's like the Holy Grail, isn't it? It's, yeah. <laughs> where is it and how do you do it? You've just got to keep trying. you just got to keep trying. And for me, to say, you know, target the players. You know, there's all these databases around now from player surveys and how players, you know, how old players are, I guess, and stuff like that. And yeah. It couldn't be too hard for somebody to say, well, actually, we've got this group of players that are hitting their 40s or whatever. We could start targeting them. Yeah. You know, and, and, and with it being an umpire. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, 10 years ago when I was playing cricket, did I think I'd be an umpire? Probably not. Um, and the nearer I got to my career, you know, finishing playing, I, the more and more, well, my, my, my own personal situation changed quite a bit, you know, eight to 10 years ago, and it meant that I could get involved in the sport that I loved more, more heavily, and umpiring was a natural progression. But when I was working, you know, like I used to do, we never really would have crossed my mind to do it. But yeah. it's um, the, the enjoyment I get out of it is, is phenomenal. And, um, well, that's yeah, yeah, and and that's I've umpired. Uh, sorry, I've I've interviewed lots and lots of umpires doing the cricket jo- journalism, and yeah. they all say the same as you, frankly, that once you're involved, then um, it's great. Yeah, best seat in the house, and yeah. you know they love it. So. Yeah. I think partly yeah. it's bound down to pushing out that message through case studies or you know people talking to about umpiring maybe to to pe- potential umpires and, and all that side of it. But you know it, there's, it's not easy and there's certainly no one thing you push that button and you get four hundred new umpires. It just doesn't work like that, does it? Correct. Um, Correct. Well, let's. That's the only thing to keep trying. Is going to be a good thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, I mean they're a vital part of everything that makes up cricket um yeah and well let's turn our attention of the interview to i suppose cricket development because i think i have it right that you were involved in is it the harrogate group or north yorkshire cricket development it's it's harrogate cricket development group okay and what does that do and um why is it important well the development groups one of the development groups that was set by the ycb um, around about 2006-7 um, they, were, they were set up around the county and it was another mechanism for the, the cricket board to get information out to leagues and clubs and players and also to get feedback back, you know, so what were the issues, or the concerns club development's always been one of the remits of, uh, of all development groups we, we, we re- in the Harrogate one we raise our own money, you know, okay. so we do that through the provision of coaches yeah. into, into schools, um, you know there's two or three coaches going to local primary schools every year, the ones that want it, we all get offered it. Um, the ones that take it, we go in and, and deliver coaching to. 
uh, and, and an amount of that goes back into the development group. We then can use it for uh, coach education, we can for training courses, we can do it for emergency situations for clubs if they ever find themselves in a, in a real real pickle. Um, you know, we can use it for providing trophies for, for tournaments and stuff like that. This funding, so mm, I guess in a really yeah. small scale, it's it's got a, a lot of roles. The reality of what the development can group can do is always governed by the number of people it's got um, and currently we have a hard core of around about 10 to 12 clubs that their representatives come to it right, okay. every club in our district is invited to come to every meeting every club in our district now currently pays a, a membership fee uh, per annum um, and the Nidana League have been very gracious in collecting that from the, the bulk of our clubs for us um, so we've, we've got a, a, an amount of money coming in every year we, this, over the last couple of years we've we spent a lot of money and, and um, um, on the um, child welfare side of it, on the provision of training for child welfare, we've done a phenomenal amount of work on that. So it gets rolled back in. Yeah. Um, I mean, for, for an exact description on what a development group does on the on the, on the Archer Cricket Ball website, there is there's the, the roles of the development group there. I think going forward, there's about 13 points for each development group's got to try and achieve. Yeah. And reality says that that's impossible with the, the number of people that we've got involved at the moment. But we try and make wherever there's a need in cricket, we try and we try and cover it. You know, we, we share best practice with, with the leagues, with the um, the cricket boards, and he tends to get a network. And you know, sometimes people might say, "Well, I'll challenge your network because everything goes to you lot." Well, we're the ones that are actually doing it. So you've been invited. Come and join us. Yeah. It's that simple. And that is the message that we do cascade. We've got our AGM actually next week at Nairsbury Cricket Club on Monday. Um, you know, it's we meet twice a year, but with those meetings, I think is very valuable engaging um, what's happening in leagues. For example, we have representatives of the Weatherby League, we have the Harrogate Evening League, we've got the Nidderdale League, yeah, we good. have clubs from the Air War, we yeah. have um, York Senior League, we've got Premier League clubs there, you know, it, it's just a wide range. Rich Wilkinson comes from the cricket board, you know, it's just a good, real good forum for people to sit down and, and if, if necessary, just talk cricket and what's happening and what's happening in other leagues and I mean I think I still think there's going to be big changes happening with, with league structures in the next few years and um, you know time will tell on that Okay, well, thanks for listening. If you want to do me a quick favour, you can rate this episode if you're in iTunes. Give it a five stars glowing review and it all helps to spread word. Alternatively, if you're on the cricketyorkshire.com website, there should be buttons, Facebook and Twitter buttons, where you can share the episode and obviously the article with your friends and your network and it all helps to spread word again. Excellent. All right, well, take care. Thanks for listening. And until next time, enjoy your cricket.